0: Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb. And this is where you'll get the encouragement, insight, and information that you need to raise kids of character. And our culture saturated with media and technology. You know, we call it brave parenting because it takes a lot of courage and hard work to keep on top of changing technology and to know how to incorporate that into your family's life. So, our ultimate goal here is to keep you educated, and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. Today, we're going to be talking about the virtue of modesty and really the overwhelmingly mixed messages our young girls are receiving through media. I really feel the need to address this topic, um, specifically of modesty, after reading about and watching for myself the Netflix show Cuties. I watched it really in the name of research, truly desiring to Reconcile the difference between this show and the numerous others that are hypersexualizing girls and women. I couldn't help thinking about, as I watched this, the popularity of Cardi B's song WAP and the, the easy online accessibility to the lyrics and the music video and just really how vulgar that is. You know, that too I watched in the name of research and was appalled, um, really, by the immodesty that it's, it's showing and really glorifying. So how do we raise daughters in this world where everything vulgar and impure and unholy is at their fingertips? Even if they don't have a smartphone, there are school-issued computers, there's other devices at home, and friends who have smartphones. Well, joining me today on the podcast, in hopes of answering some of these questions along with me, is Sarah Shanks. Sarah is a wife and mother of an 11-year-old daughter and 7-year-old son and she embodies the very heart of modesty, among other virtues, as a millennial woman really working in the business world. I adore Sarah and her heart for Jesus and have such a great respect for her and the hard work that she is doing to teach her daughter modesty in our immodest world. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, Today, Sarah and I really just want to have a conversation about this topic as two women, two mothers who highly value this virtue and who are actively raising daughters. While there aren't any black or white answers we know on this topic, our hope and goal is to get you thinking about modesty and to encourage and really embolden you to bravely tackle this topic with your daughters and sons because they too need to value modesty. So, Sarah, first, if we can, I'd like you to share a little bit of your own story. Have you always valued modesty in this way? And really what drives you um, in this passion towards modesty for yourself and your daughter?
1: Sure. Um, So I grew up um, without knowing my biological father. And um, the impact that it had on me really caused me to um, deeply desire to have um, men's approval. Um, and I was also expo- exposed to porn at a very young age. I was about 11. Um, and at that time I had moved in with my mom and her new husband who was a bodybuilder. And I really grew up during those years really believing that looks for everything. Um, there I had found more porn and, uh, my stepfather would comment on, on girls and, um, girls' body types if they were pretty or ugly or fat or in shape. Um, he really emphasized that. And everything we watched, everywhere we went, he would comment. And, and so I, there I developed an eating disorder just and really started, um, realizing that even my stepdad would show me more attention the prettier I dressed or the prettier I looked. So I, I started dressing modestly and then I would receive more attention. And I, I just developed that belief that the prettier I was or the more skin I showed, um, that the more I was valued by, by men, and um when you're so young like that, uh, like I was, and exposed to those sexual things, and that that inform that belief, it it really develops brain pathways that I believe trigger uh, that dopamine, and then it becomes uh, that attention almost becomes like an addiction. Mm. So all of that it led me to go down a very very dark path um, that eventually led into me using drugs and alcohol, and getting pregnant at 18, and actually having an abortion, um, and then uh, getting pregnant again at 18 and, and uh, raising a little girl. And it wasn't until I had hit my rock bottom at, at 21, um, and I just realized I hadn't tried any—I had tried every other way, but surrendering my life over to the Lord, and I uh, finally became aware and realized that I—everything I was doing, I was really searching for that validation from men and love, but you know, I had love and lust totally mixed up. Um, mm. And and I had to renew my mind by getting into the Word and actually doing what it had said. And um, that changed me completely. And I had to, you know, retrain myself to see things the Lord's way and to see myself through His eyes and not the world's eyes. And for me now, I, I fear God. I fear what He says. I desire to live a righteous life before him and I also don't want to be a temptation to others. That's really what drives my passion yeah. uh, towards modesty for myself and my daughter.
0: Yeah. So that's so that's really insightful and praise God, right? We love we love to see the stories and hear the stories on this end, right, of redemption. But mm-hmm. when we're walking through it, when your family saw you go through all of this or your friends or anyone on the outside right? It's hard. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about, you know, before we were recording, um, there's a lot of you in those moments that really didn't want to change. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that um, a little bit later. But what I want to touch on is, you know, what you said about your maybe biological father not being around and the influence you had uh, that was on you of your stepfather. So like touching back on that and the Netflix show Cutie's, What I think is interesting, you know, is the theme, the goal really of what they want to show and expose the world to was that children, especially young girls, can be easily influenced to over-sexualize themselves by what they see on the internet. And really how they're convinced that what they, um, maybe what they see through a music video or whatever is what it's expected and desired and really what's validated and praised in the world. So that part of the movie, I think they really get right. But the underlying part that I thought was very similar to yours is There is no father present in this movie. The dad is actually off getting a second wife, which is a whole, I guess, other topic you could talk about, but we're not going to. But the the dad is absent. And this girl steals Mm -hmm. a phone so that she can learn how to dance. That is what she wants. She wants to fit in with this group of girls and their dancers. And so to learn how to dance, she wants to watch these. But, of course, she finds the wrong type of content. Mm -hmm. So that's the premise of the movie. The bad side is, I'll just go ahead and say, you know, it's because the way that mil- the movie was filmed. There, It is almost probably like watching some porn because they're showing really, really close-ups of these girls' butts and private areas. And that's really what makes the show inappropriate. But I think there yeah. is definitely something too, And they're to, so young. And they're so young. To the—not only the presence of media, but the absence of the parental figures pouring in to her— and guiding her mm-hmm. and showing her that right way. So I know yeah. that we're seeing this. You see this with your 11-year-old daughter. Uh, my daughters are now 14, 18, and 23. But talk about your experience um, of just even how, even with your diligence, how your daughter has been exposed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I do my best. Um, I was that teenager <laughs> who was able to figure out how to delete histories and meet through all the controls my parents at that time had on me. So, so, you know, I have the controls on her iPad. She can't access the internet. She can't download an app without my permission. And she does not have a phone, uh, even though many, many kids in her grade and since she's been in third grade, really have had iPhones. I, I won't do that. And she's um, in, and She's in when, sixth grade right now. Yes, she is. And I would say over half the class, they have Mm -hmm. uh, phones
0: and devices.
1: But, you know, I told her, you know, maybe when she's 14 or 15, but it's not going to be an iPhone. It'll be a flip phone. But um, even with all that, she still has a school computer. And so over the, the course of the summer, you know, with COVID and everything, I found out what her password to the Gmail is because she'd have to log into the Google classroom. And so I have been monitoring that from home. And um, I have found out that she had um, searched up porn on YouTube. And even with it being a school computer and there's IT, they still don't have certain restrictions. Yep. And so, she, Obviously, she wasn't allowed to access the video because she wasn't 18, but she, you know, she still saw those images and she searched up other things uh, on that computer also. So as much as I can do at home, there, it only goes so far and there's only so much I can do. And, and she's been influenced by, you know, what other girls wear, um, and from what she sees on these these videos and, and YouTubers and these videos from YouTube. So I finally had to take away YouTube also because, you know, one video it will just start playing another video and, right. and 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 you know what she would see and, and TikTok and these girls. And so she started wanting to. I, I would notice her wearing shorter shorts and. And my, you know, rule is that it has to be fingertip length and um, she's been asking all summer if she can have a bikini and that. That rule is no. But, you know, it really struck me. Um, she after she's done swimming, she put on her swim shorts and uh, covered up in a towel and went out in our field. And there's a boy that lives across the street. He's about fourteen and he had come out and was walking down the street and I, I was sitting working for my computer inside and I could see her from inside the house. I was watching her outside. And she took off her towel and her shorts to go run around the field mm. and, you know, flaunt her body in front. And, you know, of course, I went out there right away and told her to come here and talk to her. But it's so sad. She's 11 and she's already learning that. Yeah, that's um, what gets boys attention. Know, that's what men want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and girls in her third grade class, there was a girl who told Callie she was a lesbian and she came home and we talked to her about that. And um, long story short, at the end of the year, we actually have found out that that girl had taught her some things during recess while the teachers aren't paying attention and really disturbing things that really broke my heart. And we had to talk with her and point her to scripture and, and teach her things. But there's, she has been exposed as, you know, girl in, in her class and they dress, you know. There's girls there that aren't wearing bras to school. It's just really sad. And Callie comes home and she asks me. She notices all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um.
1: So yeah, as much as I I try to control, she is still exposed to it.
0: Very, very much so. Right. So, so we know like the 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 easy answer, and this is the answer that we're always going to default to is media, right? A lot of it is media. Um. Let's let's just break that down. Because, of course, there's a lot that they're just going to be exposed to in the everyday society. But the breaking down some of the media exposure. So I know one mm-hmm. thing for me, um, because music is such a big part of my kids' life. They really like music. They'll listen to Christian music and sing along to that. But if they're alone, they'll choose pop music. And that's okay with me. But when I see how, like I said, mentioned earlier, how easy these music videos are, and like the Cardi B songs, um, a mm-hmm. lot of the rap artist songs, they're not even... Hiding some of the these lyrics um, under covert nicknames or anything—I mean, they're just straight up saying, talking no. about drugs, talking about sex, yeah. talking about you're here for my pleasure. It's it's kind of disturbing. And you know, back in our day, yeah. well, my day—I'm much older than you—but you know, we didn't have access to lyrics. Maybe if you bought the the cassette or the CD. Um, You could read them inside to see what the lyrics were, but now kids have access to it. Just super easy.
1: Oh, yeah. And they listen. They listen to the lyrics. Um, I mean, my daughter memorized the song so easy. Yeah it, yeah, it is very disturbing what they have. In fact, we don't even listen to the radio anymore. Oh, well, I mean, certain stations that I would, I would listen to, I, I don't allow them to listen to, you know, we have a pop station. So, yeah, even the music and, and, um, you know, streaming Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all of that, they have access to. Like I had Netflix downloaded on on the kids' iPads just so they could watch movies. And I had to take that off because even if they're searching for a movie, you know, these titles come up, you know, that it shows pictures of things. And they have access to so much um, and all of the, you know new movies there's it's just all you see is the immodesty of of the women and um, the over-sexualization and and it really has an influence on them
0: yeah i had an experience so i have i don't have netflix on any home devices that my kids have access to but i have an account for brave parenting so just for research sake right Mm -hmm. and i had pulled it up on my own computer and i was i was actually i don't know what i was looking for my husband asked me to look to see if this was available on netflix and I had the screen still open, and my 14-year-old son, who's in eighth grade and really, truly does value modesty and have a great respect for women, saw just the the clips, you know, just the little squares, the icons of each movie, yeah. as yeah. I scrolled through it. And he was like, what is this? That was his, it, he was like, is this like pornography? I said, this is the unrestricted account. And he was like, you've got to be kidding me. And he's like shielding his eyes. Because- just those um, clips. And this isn't even watching. I said, this is what they call, you know, they call TV mature. And that's yeah. what is what the reality is when you shelter them and then they see something like that. I don't want to say shelter, but, you know, we've definitely limited how much our kids have access. To oh, that yeah. We don't want Same it to my
1: kids. be normal.
0: But yeah. on Netflix, that is the norm. And so, you know, if you Same. are, I just want to pause and speak directly to parents listening. If you are a parent who has Netflix still, you didn't cancel it because of Cuties, in which case if you did, that's cool. Go ahead. Um but if not and you still have it make sure that you have different accounts set up to where your kids can't access all of that mature content you can limit it limit a kids account to be PG13 or PG14 or just PG and it won't show your kids any of that and that is really really essential and that goes to really Hulu Amazon Prime all of those have those type of that content yeah but then again like you mentioned before um TikTok right the social media I sort yeah. of operate on this belief, and I'm sure you'll probably agree, even though I don't spend a lot of time on social media, but I do for research. There seems to be a law, if you will, in place. More skin equals more likes.
1: Yeah. Yes, definitely. And, and it gets, yeah, it's getting more attention. And and that's what these these young people are wanting is that attention. That's what they're, they're craving. And that's what they're being taught yeah. is that the more skin they show, the more... The attention they get, the more people like it, and the more they do it. Mm-hmm. And then the more other kids do it because they think it's normal.
0: Mm-hmm. Like your daughter taking off, you know, her cover, you know, just to be in her swimsuit. That wasn't necessarily taught to her, by anyone, but she saw just through the world. And like you did yeah. when you were young, I get more attention when I show more skin. We um, really have just taken so much value away from character and placed it on this external Um, beauty, which is really just, a, I guess, a society as a whole or a problem. But I think Mm -hmm. we as parents really have a a supreme job of countering that inside of our home.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. And, you know, my my daughter came home a couple weeks ago and told me about this boy. He's in her class. He has two girlfriends, one soldier. And um, while he's in class and they're allowed to have their devices at breakfast, his two girlfriends... Uh, he was getting naked pictures through Snapchat of them. Mm. He is in sixth grade. That oh, means he's about eleven. Yeah. And um it's just so sad.
0: It is. That is sad. So that really, you know, it brings us to this question, you know, so we <laughs> we can't really stop the influence. We can definitely have conversations about it. Uh we can limit how much access they have on the devices that we control. You know, while there are certainly ways to mitigate that exposure, it's just not good enough on their own, right? I mean, <laughs> We need to do a better job of training and having those conversations. Now, do you agree?
1: I completely agree. So, I grew up in a home where sexual immorality and immodesty was pretty much encouraged, um, and it was never discussed as something that was wrong. It was just kind of pushed under the rug. And in fact, when I tried to open up to my mom about losing my virginity at 12, I was told never to talk dogs again. Um, mm. So, I. I think it is so important that we talk to our girls and our boys because if we don't prepare them and warn them, I guarantee this world will tell them first and have that influence on them. And we must raise warriors to stand up against the evil that this world is calling good. Um, so when I had found out that my daughter had searched that up, you know, I, I, I could have responded and I was so fearful because she is so young and I do not want her going down that path and being exposed to that, I want to shelter her from the, the world, but so I could have responded out of fear, which would have manifested in anger, but I knew that the Lord was calling me to use this teach her, and to train her, so, you know, I asked for prayer um, for my grandma, and, you know, I prayed with my husband, and um, just went in there, and I felt it was super important for her to confess, and she wouldn't, and um, she said, "You know, I just asked her. Is there anything that she'd search up on her computer that she knew, you know, was wrong?" And so I wasn't going. Any- I wasn't going anywhere. And I just felt that I should maybe look on YouTube for another source where it was a girl, you know, a younger girl. She's probably in her uh, early twenties, um, and she was just talking about the importance of modesty and our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so after that video, long story short, she she confessed to me. And and told me, and so, you know, I had really made the point to her that she did not sin against um This wasn't about me. This was about her relationship with God, her Father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I just explained to her why is the road that leads to destruction and narrows the path that leads to life, and only few find it. And what does that mean? That it means that the people around us are—most people around us are going to be on that wide road. And, and trying to convince our children to compromise. And to join in on their immorality. And there's only going to be a few people who fear God and who are living righteously and dressing modestly and staying pure, but we're called to be that few. And that's just what I explained to my daughter is we are called to be that that group that stands up for what's right and to be a light in a dark place um, and that we're living in a dark world and just immodesty leads to sexual immorality. And we have to draw that line Mm -hmm. and teach our children to draw that line. And we have to teach them that they cannot compromise. And, you know, I I talked to my daughter about, you know, if if she wouldn't be watching that or taking or watching that video. And for other girls with phones, uh, parents who have kids with phones, if they wouldn't be sending that text or taking that video or taking that picture with God sitting right there next to them, then they know it's mm-hmm. not right and he is there with them um and uh, within us through his spirit and so i just think it's critical that we teach our children that that you know and it says that every sin that we commit is there's only one that's uh within the body and it's sexual immorality right. and i think that immodesty um, really leads to that. It is right. like the gateway. I would, I would say, especially for morality. especially
0: for women. You know, we know we're so yes. emotional based, and and it does scar us. Um, it does leave us with very deep wounds that can really affect uh, um, for the rest of your life. Yes, I think it's Absolutely. so important. Yeah, you know, what you had said. I mean, it's and it's not just something that you can do, Sarah, that I can do, Kelly. You know, for our daughters, but it really has to be more of a a collective you know, the body of Christ, or even if you don't consider yourself Christian, but you value modesty and you value morality, this is what we need to rise up. Because if all of us are having these conversations, you know, the darkness doesn't like the light. So of course, it's going to cast out everybody who's trying Mm -hmm. to be modest. But the more light there is, it will overshadow the darkness. And the more modest young girls we have who aren't showing all of their skin, to expose themselves to boys, to get that attention, who who can find their worth and value in something else other than that attention. That is so crucial. And I just want to touch on this because, you know, you have a son as well, and I have five sons. And this is, we can't just focus on the girls because if we don't train our sons to look at women differently, to not ask for those nude photos, that's what's heartbreaking. Because I think to myself, Every time I see a boy ask, "Well, that could be my son," I respond in fury when I see my daughters being asked for this. But it could just as easily be my son, and so we have just as much of an obligation to talk to our boys as well. Absolutely. Um, you know that's not easy either, and a lot of times they don't want to hear it from moms. So, husbands, fathers, yeah, when you start young, mm -hmm. you know that really is a place that our our husbands can really um, step in. Um and like you said that father role is so crucial for the daughters but it's so crucial for the son too. So just finishing up just a couple other things. You know you did mention clothes and I think this is an important <laughs> topic. You know you require your daughters shorts to be fingertip length which you know is very yeah. hard to find. Um I obviously <laughs> don't I don't buy booty shorts. I don't buy cropped t-shirts or Shirts that are going to plunge, you know, into cleavage, and this is yeah. this is a big thing because that's what the kids want.
1: Oh, it is absolutely what they want because they see the other girls wearing it,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they see the attention they get, you know, from it, and it's absolutely what they want. But you can't compromise, and so I think as a mom, it's important that you dress modestly as well. Oh yes. Um, mm-hmm think that we set that that example because our our children are watching everything that we do so if we've already set that tone it's a lot easier for us to tell them you know why and so you know Callie will point out to me when she sees girls with you know their, their butt cheeks are showing all yes. their shorts in public uh, at the gas station uh, amen She'll they point do it that out to me <laughs> um and you know I'll just tell her I'll use that as a as a uh, lesson to just Ask her what she thinks, first of all, about it, and, and then help teach her why those women are dressing like that and to remind her that we are defining our self-worth and our value by God mm-hmm. and not in the eyes of men. So, yeah, I, I think that that is just so important in what we watch, what we listen to. Um,
0: mm-hmm. How we speak about our own critical. beauty or the beauty yeah. of others. I think in the language we use inside the home, absolutely there's so many examples that we can just ask those open-ended questions. Like you just said, I mean, I've seen it. I've had those opportunities with my daughter where we see someone out and yes, you know, their butt cheeks are hanging out and they look like they're 13 or something. And we, I just say, you know, usually they'll call it out. You're right. They'll call it out to me first. Like, did you see that? And yeah, absolutely. I did. You know, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's gross. Well, do you think that you'll ever be tempted to dress like that? Right. And just to have those conversations and what do you, Think, you know, that, how does she feel? Do you think it makes her feel sexy? Do you think it makes it people look at her and that makes her feel good? You know, just really talking about that, I think, is, is yeah. really important.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I just would like to add, I just, I feel like this is spiritual warfare. Um, I really do. It's spiritual warfare against our children, really. And, and so I just think it's critical that we are in the Word, because the Word is what will guard our hearts and our children's hearts. It's what changed me. It's what still guards me today, and it is our weapon. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just think it's so important that that we read the word to our children and 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 teach them that it is our tool, because the word is what will convict them as well, and it w- will be what transforms them, transforms them, and strengthens them. And Ephesians six talks about putting on the full armor of God, and and I think it all starts at the heart. You know, in Matthew 5, 28, it talks about how even looking at a woman lustfully or you know mm-hmm. a man lustfully um, you've already committed adultery with them in your heart so jesus is pointing that it is stems from our heart and so the word is what will change our heart so i i really think that that's the answer yeah. and and the key here is that we turn our children back to the word and to prayer and we need to pray for our children teach them to take every thought captive because I mean, my son, you know, just being at the babysitter's house, their daughter put on a Katy Perry music video while he looked away, you know, because she's half-dressed. And just those little images, they stick in their mind. And, um, you know, one porno, if your son comes across it, it really can become a stronghold. And so I think that we have to teach them that we have... It's a battle for our mind, and we have to teach them to take every thought captive. Um, And at the end of the day... We can do all that we can do, but we have to entrust our children over to the mm-hmm.
0: Lord and yeah, pray for them. Absolutely, that's just so wise. I love that, Sarah. That is the the truth of the gospel. It is the truth of of what you know we as as Christian parents really want and, and aim to to do. And it can be really hard work. And you know that's why we call it brave parenting because it is not easy at all. This type of walk, this type of parenting. It's easier to give mm-hmm. up. It's easier to just kind of say, it well, is. there's nothing I can do. The culture and the world is what it is. This is truly what it means to be a brave parent, is to face this head on. Don't be afraid to have the conversations. Don't mm-hmm. wait until they've already been exposed and then say, okay, let's talk about porn. Or let's talk about people sending you nudes. No, you have to tackle it early and before they have to hear it from you first. So, well, yeah, this has been such a helpful conversation for me. And just to have that dialogue with you, Sarah. And I truly pray that for you as a listener, it has been beneficial as well. Sarah, thank you. And I appreciate your willingness to share your heart and struggles and really your wisdom on, a, on, on the podcast with us.
1: Absolutely. It was my pleasure.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you have any questions for Sarah or myself, or if you have a story that you would like to share With the Brave Parenting community, please email us at podcast at braveparenting.net. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends so they too can be encouraged and equipped as a parent. We will be putting in the show notes the link to the YouTube video that Sarah had showed to her daughter that really helped open up her own eyes to modesty. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that every child deserves a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next week, go and be brave.